we've all been in this situation before. You're sat down probably to start a new campaign or a one-shot or something like that. Let's assume you're playing D&D or something similar. You've sat down, you, you've got your four or five players there. You come to your first one, oh, I want to play a dwarven fighter. Or I'm going to play an elven mage. I'm going to play a, a crafty human thief. And I'm going to play a muscle-bound human barbarian. All eyes turn expectantly to the final player. And as the GM says, so, what are you playing? They're, they look questioningly at them and say, are tieflings available in this campaign? Can we play vampires? Well, I'd sort of got this idea for a character who was a human paladin who was infected with lycanthropy, and then he he died but was raised again as a revenant and is now infused with demon blood. At which point, normally, the sound you can hear, the loud, is the sound of the GM's hand impacting strongly with their forehead. I'm John, this is the Red Dice Diaries, and in this episode we're going to be talking about that sort of player that always has to play something weird or strange. Welcome to another episode of RPG Bugbears! Now, before we get any further, let me just make a quick disclaimer here. When I'm talking about people who insist on playing weird characters, I'm not singling anyone out. I'm trying to take quite a sort of tongue-in-cheek look at it, because it's not the end of the world, really. But if you are likely to get offended by me poking a little bit of fun, then the, the RPG Book Bears probably aren't the episodes for you. So feel free to skip on to a more normal episode. If, however, you're looking for a bit of a light-hearted fun and an attempt to start a bit of a conversation, even if you agree with me, feel free to talk to me about it. As long as we're conversing and we're not just shouting at each other, I'm more than happy to do that. Everyone good? Okay, let's crack on. So, as I said before the intro, this episode is about people who always want to play something a little bit strange. And now, whilst I'm not naive enough to think that D&D is the perfect roleplay system, I actually think the mix of races that is in most D&D games is actually fairly good. So if we start off and we look at sort of BX in all its various and wonderful versions, uh, race as class was a thing. You didn't play like an elven fighter or an elven thief. You played uh, a, a fighter, a thief, a mage, a cleric, an elf, a dwarf, or a halfling. Now, each of those races was was sort of started to fill a particular niche. So, if you wanted to be a mage, but also have the ability to like dust it up every now and again, you played an elf. If you wanted to be a fighter with a few different bonuses and a few different abilities, you played a dwarf. Likewise, if you wanted to be a sort of dexterous thief type and have a few different abilities, you would play a halfling. So, never mind what these uh, these races were created for in the sort of uh, fiction and myth and whatever, in the early D&D, they were created to fill particular roles. Now, obviously the rules have changed as we've gone through various editions of D&D and new races have been added, particularly in 5th edition, which seems to have a plethora 
of different races, many of which are a bit weird or a bit odd, no doubt catering to the marketplace and trying to please everyone, because after all, they're a business and they want to rake in them dollars, so they've got to have a game that has mass appeal. Nothing wrong with that. And each supplement seems to introduce more and progressively weird races, whether it be Cat People, Turtle Man, God only knows what else. Now, you might be saying, But John, does it really matter? I mean, what difference does it actually make to your game? It's not the end of the world, is it? And to be honest, you would be absolutely right. Of course, it is not the end of the world. However, from my perspective, a lot of times these these wild and wacky different races are entirely unnecessary. And again, let me just say, I don't mean all of the time, but in my experience, and obviously I can only talk about my experience, a lot of the time they are unnecessary. And to be honest, it creates a lot more work for the GM as far as I'm concerned. Maybe not a great deal. Most GMs will probably manage it. I've done it a few times myself where in order to save arguments and people having to restart their characters, I've just gone, yeah, you you can play a, a watermelon that's been brought to life or a, or a carrot with arms and legs or whatever. And of course, I'm being a bit facetious here for comedy effect, but you get the idea. I certainly know when I was younger, back in the day, there was always at least one person who wanted to play something weird. They wanted to play like a cat man who was on the way to lichdom, or they wanted to play uh, someone who'd been infected with life lycanthropy or they wanted to play a null or something like that at the at first level there was always one person who did that now again not, not all the, the time but certainly back in my younger days when this was more prevalent in my experience i found that often the reason people wanted to play one of these weird races is because they were under the mistaken impression that that would make their character unique or they would use that as a substitute for actually role-playing their character. Now, not always. There were some people who wanted to play strange characters because they were really interested in role-playing out like a Knowles society or whatever. And I've run a few games with Knowles and stuff in. And if handled okay, that and other weird races can be pretty interesting. As long as everyone's sort of getting into them for the right reason. But a lot of the time it's easier to say, oh, well, my character's unique and different because I'm of, insert name of, X random rare race than to actually put the effort into creating a persona and a character for the person and just role-playing them out. After all, if you, if you look at it on the surface, I can sort of see the logic of it. I mean, if you say, oh, I'm playing a human thief, and then you say, oh, I'm playing a, an air genocide thief. On the face of it, with nothing else involved or taken into consideration, the air genocide thief seems more unique. However, if the person playing the human thief had put some effort into maybe working up a little bit of a background, the sort of personality quirks of their character, then the, the fact that they're an air genocide, unless you really want to get into like that society roleplay, which isn't really such a thing in the sort of older editions of D&D. It, it's not really worth doing. I really don't see the point of it, especially in games where you don't really get any any sort of abilities or anything different for being of a particular race. Now, you could say that, 
Well, if like, let's say something like the Black Hack, if you want to play like a bizarre race, it makes no actual system difference in terms of the game. But but in which case, why do it? Why go, oh yeah, I want to play a, I want to play a, a badger warrior, uh, a humanoid badger warrior. Why not just say I'm playing a human warrior and create an interesting and compelling character? What is the point? When we look at later editions as well, we often find that some of the reasons people want to play these strange races are for reasons that have already been pretty much covered by the what are considered the default races. So if but they're sort of like taken to a bit of extreme. So if you put aside the whole let's take tieflings as an example. If you put aside the whole like core cool sort of death metal demonic element and you say, oh well I like playing them because they're like outsiders, they're outcasts, they have a bit of difficulty fitting in, they don't really have their own society. I'd say, what, you mean like half elves? Or half orcs? That sort of niche has already been covered, as far as I'm concerned, by the existing race, without having to resort to a stranger race. And yes, I'm aware that tieflings are one of the default races in 5th edition, but as I say, I think that's mainly just to play to the market and sort of attempt to appeal to as big an audience as possible, which is fair enough, but I don't think it's necessarily a good basis for comparison. So... Not a very long episode this. I just wanted to get my thoughts out there. So if you're interested in having a dialogue with me about this, or you've got something you want to say about it, are you perhaps one of these people who likes playing weird and strange characters? Whatever the reason, if you're interested in having a conversation about this, you can get in touch with me at reddicediaries at gmail.com or you can leave me a voicemail message on Anchor. And if you don't like that whole one minute limit that Anchor puts on your calls, you can easily record your call as an MP3 format file, attach it to an email and send it to me via reddicediaries at gmail.com. So until I see you next time, take care and whatever you're playing, have fun. Thank you.